Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another week's episode of Housewife in Training. I realized that I should probably introduce myself in the beginning, so it's me, your host, Orhe. And can I just say before I get into this week's topic that I am over the moon with how much positive feedback I've been receiving about last week's episode. It's going to be a little hard for me to just jump into those taboo topics right away, so I have to kind of ease into it. I am still very paranoid or worried how the community will take it when I start bringing up some of those more serious conversations. Also, I realize I have some non-Assyrian or Middle Eastern people listening, and it's people that know me either from school or from work that may be confused with all of this. I come from a very tight community, and because of my culture and how many people I know or know me, I've always felt like I had to walk on eggshells. If you know me from anywhere else other than being Assyrian, that probably sounds confusing. I explain it like... Imagine the Assyrian or Middle Eastern community as Hollywood, and the paparazzi and media are the individuals within that community that are judging how you speak, what you wear, where you go, who you're with, and so on. I realize that this is not something many people relate to, and it's hard to explain our culture to people who don't come from a similar background, so I'm trying my best. With that said, this week's topic to many may seem a little, I don't know, strange. I'll be discussing how I feel with this new identity of being a wife, what the transition will be like from living with my parents to now living with my husband, how my mom or dad have shaped the way I view my new role. And I don't think many people kind of realize how different this transition is for both men and women in my culture. We have ways we view ourselves in these roles as husband or as wife. You'll be listening to me and my friends talk about these new expectations. And to someone who's not a Syrian or you haven't grown up with that mentality, it may seem kind of silly to even bring up. The more this podcast continues, the more I think I'll be revealing what it truly means to be Middle Eastern or what it means to grow up in a similar ethnic group. I know I mentioned before that I've been reflecting a lot about how I was raised, my mom and dad's roles in the house and my roles, and how that's going to stay the same or change when I'm married and I have to become a wife. I had a lot of expectations for me in terms of what a good daughter needs to be, and not just daughter, but I also was raised with the intent that I will carry those traditions or expectations for my own family. So now I have to choose between what I was raised to become or do and what I want to become. And with that, there comes a lot of guilt, sadness, but also excitement. I'm sad to leave my parents, and it's scary. I'm so familiar with this life. Sure, I can't stand certain parts of living in a Middle Eastern household, but I've loved living with my parents. And I know that's contradictory to a lot of American views. I should be itching to leave. Better yet, I should have left nine years ago. But for many Middle Eastern households, the way we're raised, living with our parents is the norm. Many of us don't experience a new transition until we're married. Of course, this doesn't apply to those who leave for college or work but you get what I mean. My parents gave me the best life they could. I'm so thankful for every second I've spent with them. So it honestly is a very emotional time for me. But on the other hand, I am counting down the milliseconds until I'm out. I don't just want to leave. I need to leave. So if you want to hear all about my new expectations of this future, keep listening to this week's episode of Housewife in Training. Today's episode, I am joined by one of my lovely best friends, Paldina, but we call her Paldo. Hi, Paldo. 
Hi, Jorge. How are you? Good. How are you? I could be better. Uh, <laughs> I bet. Today, yeah, today's been um, interesting. But anyways, I am happy to have you with me today because I really wanted to start off my first guest episode talking about this topic. I thought it would be a great idea to bring you here too, because although Paulina is also a Syrian, I think me and her have had a few differences with our upbringing, and it would be fun to talk about how our parents differed when it came to that stereotypical Middle Eastern upbringing and how her transition from her parents' house to now being married went. Do you want to give a quick background of you and your family? Yeah. First of all, I wanted to say thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be the first guest on your show. So um, as Jorge said, my name is Paul Dina, aka known as Paldo, not Waldo, Paldo with a P. <laughs> <Not Waldo. laughs> um, I was born in Iran and moved to the U.S. when I was 11 years old. Um, I have a younger sister who is eight years younger than me. She's like my little baby. Both my parents were um, born and raised in Iran. They were in their in their late forties when we moved here, so it was it was a little interesting and tough for them, but we made it. I've been married to my high school sweetheart for almost three years now, and we have a little dog named Leo, who's basically basically our son. He is your son. Also, please tell everyone how you just got the cutest little animal. Yeah, we just got a little pygmy goat. Yes, and it was Michael's (laughs) Valentine's Day gift. Yeah, yeah. I've been wanting one for, you know, four years. We live on a farm now, um, so it's not, I know people think because I live on a farm, I but no, even before we moved here, I've always wanted... um, and to correct that, my husband always gets annoyed when I say farm. It's actually a little ranch. Okay, it's a farm. They have other animals. They have like goats, <laughs> sheep, but whatever. Yeah. Um, okay, a little bit about me. I don't live on a farm, but I'm kind of opposite of Paulina. So my parents are from Iraq and they immigrated to America, well, first Canada, when they were in their mid-30s, I want to say, maybe late 30s. I am the youngest sister. I have an older brother who's five years older than me. I've been in America since I was three years old and I was born in Jordan. Is there anything else interesting about me? I have a dog too, Boogie, but my mom's keeping him when we get married. Yeah. She won't let me take him. And you're getting married. Yeah, and I'm getting married to also my high school sweetheart, kind of. We started dating senior year of high school. That's actually the most important thing I should share about me in terms of this podcast is I am getting married in seven months, people. October 22, 2022. And I'm the matron of honor. Yes. If you don't know Paul Dina and I, we have been friends for... How long? How long do you think? 16, 17 years. Yeah, since I was 11 and Paul Dina was 12. Yeah. I'm 27 and you're 28 now. Long time. Long time. So you do the math because I'm horrible at math. But we have been friends since um, basically elementary school. I was Paul Dina's first friend when she moved to Iran. I mean, when she moved to America. Not When she first moved to America, I was her first friend. And I did not want to be her friend because I thought she was super weird, but... Yeah. She she uh, mingled her way into my life. I basically forced her to be my friend. She really did. Let's get into this topic. You got married or got engaged at 23, correct? Yes. Or 25? No, I was I was 25 when I got married. Oh, okay. 23 when I got engaged. All right. And what was your mentality towards being married at that age? Like when you first got engaged? 
So you also know this about me too, that I feel like I've always been the type of person that's been ready to be in a committed relationship, especially seeing what my parents had, I always wanted the same thing. So when Michael and I first got engaged, obviously I was really excited to finally be marrying my best friend, living with him. We were together for eight years at that time, so it was a long time coming and it was it was exciting. I don't think at the moment I had any specific thoughts towards marriage it was just excitement from from everything but as time got closer to the wedding those scary thoughts started hitting me like how my life will be changing how much more responsibilities I'm gonna have now and I don't mean that in a good or bad way it's just change sometimes change is scary especially when you don't know what to expect and what the expectations will be in a marriage what kind of wife like I will be you know I always used to think about that and I feel like you never really get to know somebody until you live with them I'm so happy you said that. I always tell Ted that he has not seen my crazy, like how my parents have seen me or even my brother. It's just different. When you're living with your family, you guys see the worst of each other. I'm not saying that when you're in a long-term relationship, you don't, but I definitely agree with you. When you're spending every second with a person day in and day out, they're going to see sides of you that they have never seen before. Exactly. So see, that's kind of scary. <laughs> like, are You're they like, still going to love yeah. you? <laughs> I'm kidding. Of course, of course they will. It's just, you know, um, it's just change, change in life and, you know, entering a new chapter in life. But thankfully, there was basically no crazy expectations. I came to find that out very quickly. Just as long as we respected each other, we were kind to one another, we compromised, you know, we understood that this is what, what marriage is about. So what about you, Jorge? Now that you're getting closer to... Your wedding day, I mean, those thoughts are more fresh for you, so you can actually talk about it in the present day. It's funny because me and you always have these conversations, but now I'm having to answer it with other people hearing it for the first time. But to me, marriage just means complete and utter freedom. And obviously the same things with you about being nervous about what my expectations will be, more responsibility, how I'm going to be as a wife. But other than that, I am super excited because... I want to know what it feels like to do something because you want to do it and not because you have to. And not just that, but what it's like to wear shorts and go to the grocery store and leave the house without you being asked to change and having this back and forth arguing, just very, very silly freedoms. But I have never felt that. You know, in our culture, um, it's very much viewed that like when you're living with your parents you live under their rules but like the second you get married they say like you're your husband's problem now right it's your husband's reputation that you need to withhold so I'm very thankful that I don't have a husband who expects those crazy things out of me when I say it out loud it sounds really intense and sexist I don't think my parents think of it that way but it's because of what they grew up in that's what they know and what's expected out of them and the norm to them so I understand why they raised me like that but yes I am so excited to be married because I just want I just want to know what that feels like that freedom of no one really telling you little silly things of what you can and can't do also you know making decisions for myself where I don't have to think about my parents rules just seems very empowering to me just a newfound independence yeah so it's funny that our lives were literally complete opposites as far as responsibilities in the house before marriage yeah it's not like I had these crazy responsibilities I mean I had to clean the house but it's not like I was cooking cleaning like taking care of children or anything like that but with my parents they set very clear rules verbally and through their actions of what they think a good Assyrian wife needs to be whereas did your did your parents do that not really. My my 
I never talked to my parents about, you know, the expectations of being a wife and, and marriage and all that stuff. But just seeing my mom as a wife and as a mother kind of set those expectations for me. So it was like unspoken <laughs> rules, I guess. You know, the way my mom catered to my dad and she always made sure there was homemade meals at home when my dad got home. And just little things like I remember her saying, you know, the counter needs to be completely cleared and clean when your dad gets home so that he's coming from work, he's all stressed, he comes into like a peaceful environment. Such a sweet lady. Where my mom's kind of like that, but also both our dads work crazy amount of hours and not that, I mean, does your mom still work? Yeah, she still works for my dad's business. Yeah, my mom doesn't work now, but she's worked on and off. And she still had those expectations for herself that although I'm working too, I still need to be the one who cooks for your your dad. Um, and I would ask my mom like, mom, it's okay. Like dad can buy a sandwich. And she would think that that was like, how dare you say that? No, he cannot buy a sandwich today. I must cook for him. And it was like offensive that I even mentioned that she should skip a day of cooking. Yeah. And I, and I don't really think that that's their fault because that's how they grew up. That's what the you know, the Middle Eastern culture teaches us. And I think it's kind of hard for them to accept that things have changed. The role of men and women, you know, in a marriage or in any relationship has changed. It's not always the man that has to work, you know, provide financially and the woman provides in the house, like the food and stuff. So I think it's just kind of hard for them to accept those changes. I think so too. And I can tell my parents are a little uncomfortable too when I tell them like, I'm not doing that when I'm married. And they think, Oh my goodness, like what kind of wife are you going to be? Just a couple of weeks ago, my dad was really concerned that I wouldn't cook enough for Ted. And he asked me, he's like, so are you guys just going to eat out all the time? And I'm like, no, dad, obviously I'm going to cook, but I'm going to be forgiving of myself if, hey, this week I just couldn't get to cooking every day. I, we ate out a little bit too much and that's okay. It doesn't mean I'm a bad wife. Yeah, so like I mentioned earlier, my parents never talked about the rules. They kind of you know, my mom kind of portrayed, you know, what a wife should be. So I think just observing how my mom was set those expectations for me. And I think that's where the anxiousness of marriage came from thinking, oh my gosh, you know, I have to be that way. I have to meet those standards. That's what a good wife is. Exactly. And going from, you know, having even like I said, my parents didn't expect anything from me. I didn't have any responsibility. So going from that to now thinking, oh, I have to do all these things when I get married made me really nervous. Okay. Does your dad clean? No. Okay, same with my dad. And because I grew up never really seeing a man clean, for some reason in my head, I feel like I or I've been made to feel like that's not normal. A a guy shouldn't clean, right? But obviously, me and Ted both have that understanding, like he's going to help out around the house. It's not demasculating if he vacuums one day. Or if he helps me, like you said, put away the dishes. But in our culture, it's almost like men don't do that. That's the woman's responsibility. That's the woman's responsibility. Yeah. In fact, do you know what my mom once told me? She said, never in front of me, go ask Ted to change a baby's diaper (laughs) while while you're sitting there and not doing anything. And I'm like, mom, what? Like, that's the baby's dad. He's going to change the diaper. She goes, nope, not in front of me. He won't. But yeah, that see, that's where the whole old fashioned mentality comes from. That's just how they grew up. You can't blame them. I really I really honestly, at that point, I didn't even have an argument with her. I was like, okay, mom. (laughs) Anyways, going back to these crazy expectations you used to set for yourself about a year, year and a half ago, you called me and you had a absolute breakdown because of those crazy expectations you set for yourself. So when do you when did when did that change? 
in general, I'm the type of person that set expectations for myself in all aspects of life. And if I don't meet those expectations, I just start driving myself crazy. I'm just too hard on myself. Yeah. And um, I feel like at the time when, when we had that conversation, I had that breakdown of, you know, how I, I feel like I'm not meeting those expectations that I set for myself as a wife. I just started to kind of think and just realize, hey, I, I'm, this is not my only responsibility. My only responsibility is not to keep the house clean and, and cook for my husband and for myself. I was working full time. I mean, I'm still working full time. But at, the t- at that time, I was also going to school full time for my master. So you can only imagine it starts to kind of take a toll on you, you know, mentally when you feel like you're not meeting those expectations. And your husband didn't want you to do all those things. No, he always told me, hey, you have homework, go do your homework. You have this, you had a long day, don't worry about it, we'll order food. He's just never been the type of person to say, why is the house not clean? Or why don't we have home? I mean, there was times where we went a whole week of me not cooking and we just ordered takeout or he would just find anything we had and just put something together and make it a meal. Yeah, and can I just say, our parents did not prioritize friendships, did not prioritize going out and spending one-on-one time together. Their priorities was always for the house, for the kids, and never even for themselves. So I think now with, you know, the new generation, we're prioritizing our friendships, we're prioritizing our relationship, we're prioritizing our mental health. So we need to be more forgiving when certain things get left undone. Yeah, and I'm, you know, I'm just noticing my mom now within the last couple of years, I would say ever since like I got married, she's prioritizing herself more. I mean, she goes out to get her nails done. She goes to get her hair done. She just spends the day for herself. And I think that's, that's nice that she's maybe realizing you've that. Maybe influenced her to do that. Yeah, maybe. I think same with my mom. I mean, not that she still goes, she doesn't go get her nails done or hair done. But I think she's finally now realizing okay, it's okay to put myself first, finally, after all these years. And it's been so good for her. It's so good for all women to do that and men to do that. When you're in a when you're married, your life is not your husband is not your kids. I mean, that's part of your life, but it's not your entire identity. Exactly. So how often would you say you prioritize yourself and your husband's relationship together versus meeting whatever household responsibilities? I would say a lot more now. I mean, before I used to be like, no, this has to be like the the dishes have to be clean. I have to cook. I have to do this and that. And then I would attend to everything else. But now I'm doing the opposite. I'm like, no, if I don't feel like doing something, I won't do it. I'll tell my husband, hey, like on a Saturday, let's go get breakfast. Let's go. I don't know. Instead of clean? Yeah. I'm just kidding. I mean, just just like, you know, or even like a little getaway over the weekend. And not just like doing things together, but even like spending the day for myself, going doing little retail therapy or, you know, like I said, like getting my nails done or whatever it is. I would love to know how many moms our age, like our, not our age, but like people our age, their moms, how many of them actually did that? Probably not a lot. And imagine our upbringing if they did. How much How much healthier would it have been? How much more relaxed yeah, our parents right? would be. I know we talked a lot about what your standards were for yourself and how that was influenced by your family or your mom. But did you have any standards from Michael as a husband? So besides the fact that, let's be honest, I was an only child for eight years, the first grandchild and everything. So I was really spoiled and babied by my parents. No, you weren't. Oh, shut <laughs> up. You know I was. Um, So I just kind of expected 
Michael to be the same way when I came into the marriage. But then I realized I'm like, you know, Michael's not my mom. He's not my dad. Like, we're not going to have the same relationship. This is a husband and wife versus parents to their child. But on a more serious note, um, I don't know if this answers your question, but Michael really did help me with financial awareness. I mean, going from my parents' house, um, you know, not having or having very little financial obligations to now everything falls on me on my hu- and my husband. It's kind of hard. You know, that transition is hard for someone that went shopping all the time and bought clothes all the time to now I I see that as an unnecessary thing. Didn't you once tell me how shocked you were when you first went like grocery shopping or things for like household cleaning, how surprised you were, how much it costs? Oh my God, yeah. I mean like you, 30 cents makes a huge difference <laughs> because it adds up and I, I'm starting to realize all those things and I'm glad I did because I, I think it really helps with prioritizing your future. So maybe that was kind of like not a standard for him, but standard for both of you is coming together and realizing that you have a future to work for, what that means, what needs to be sacrificed from both your parts, not just you, not just him, and how that's going to help you. Exactly. And and even though my parents never really straight up told me this, but I think they were kind of worried how I'm going to, you know, get used to the fact that I won't be able to do the or buy the same same things that I used to or just I don't know just having that much financial freedom and not worrying about anything. Yeah, financial awareness is going to be a huge slap in my face. If you moved out before you got married, I'm pretty sure this isn't relate you don't relate to this, but going from not having a $2000 mortgage to all of a sudden you do, yeah, that makes a difference in your spending behavior any anything like that and you have to now think about things like you said about your future where it used to kind of be on your parents. You had your parents to fall on and now it's up to you and your husband, right? You don't have that backbone kind of anymore. And I think that's a huge adjustment for a lot of people. Other than that, though, because to me, that's just like, okay, whatever, obvious, or hey, mine is how little of alone time I'm going to get compared to how much I get now. I don't think anyone realizes how much I love to be on my own. And not that Ted is like going to be side by side with me the entire time, but like I can't go into my room, shut the door and just like not talk to anyone like I do at home. I have a whole lover doesn't mean that I have to <laughs> that I have to interact with every day. And it's not like I'm not going to. It's just I wonder how that's going to be for me, that adjustment between, you know, being alone for 80% of my day to now not, I guess. I don't know what the percentage is, but you get what I mean. You know, for being best friends, we do have a lot of differences, which is funny because I'm the total opposite where I love to talk and I love to just have conversations about my day, how my work was at the end of the night. And my parents were like that. My parents would sit there every night, even though they work together, they do everything together. They still sit, just, you know, pour some chai, like tea, if you guys don't know what chai is, but they pour tea and they just sit there and talk about their day. And I kind of expected that, whereas Michael is not like that. At the end of the night, he's just kind of tired. He's like, I just want to eat and watch TV. And yeah, when we talk, we talk. But when I'm eating, we don't talk. And I haven't learned that. I have, I'm not used to that. <laughs> Definitely interested to see how mine and Ted's relationship will evolve because we've been together for nine years, but never under the same roof. And we've came together, but then we always go our separate ways into our, you know, parents' house or he lives in Virginia now. So I don't see him for three, four months at a time. And going from that to seeing each other every day, I 
yeah, I really want to know what that's going to be like. And I can't wait to share more of that on my podcast when that when that time comes. Well, that concludes the end of this week's episode. Thank you so much, Paul Doe, for sitting down and having an open and honest conversation with me about, you know, the struggles of transitioning from living with your parents, your expectations. I don't know how many times we said that word, but if anyone wants to count while they're listening, please let me know. Uh, But yeah, I hope to have you on soon in the future again. Thank you for having me. This was really fun and exciting. And um, I'm just, I just wanted to say I'm so proud of you for starting this podcast. I think a lot of people will be able to relate, not just Middle Easterns, but people from all over the world and from, you know, from any culture. Oh, I love you. Love you too. (laughs) 